You know, there's a protocol, there's a procedure when presenting oneself to somebody in power or to somebody in authority. I thought about when, when someone may have an audience with the king or with the queen of England. There are protocols. There are certain things you do and certain things you had not to do. And, and there's a way to dress. And there, Even a protocol or procedure if we were to be in an audience with the president of the United States or even in a courtroom. Or with a judge, you know, we don't, you don't just walk into a courtroom. You leave your cell phones in the car and, and if you're going before the judge, you dress nicely and you sit in a certain way and you remain quiet and there, there is a protocol. I thought about this, there's even a protocol, there's even a procedure in presenting oneself at the DMV. You know what I'm talking about? The Department of Motor Vehicles, somebody let out a big sigh right there. And after 73 hours of standing in line, there is a way that you present yourself to the person working at the counter at the DMV, right? There, there are protocol, there are procedures. Maybe it's a black tie affair, maybe it's a white tie affair. But basically, in presenting oneself to authority or in certain ways or in certain situations... We transform ourselves, don't we? We, we try to make ourselves look better. We try to uh, appear better. We try to present ourselves better. Can I tell you that many people feel this way about God? Listen to me this morning. There are many people who will say, I must clean myself up. Before I come to God. Now I'm not saying be irreverent to God this morning. Or, or, or a sacrilegious this morning. That's not what I'm saying. But many people who don't know a relationship with Christ. Hear my heart this morning. They'll say okay I'll get myself straightened up. And then I will accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Have, have you ever heard somebody say that? Have you ever said that or thought that yourself? But can I tell you, if that is the mentality, if that is the mindset, it will never happen. It will never happen in that person's life. I cannot straighten myself up. I cannot forgive my own sins. I can never make myself good enough to approach God. I must receive His grace. Somebody say amen. I must receive His mercy. I must receive His assistance first. In order for my life to really change. In order for my life to really become what he would have it to be. What does the old songwriter say? It's page 81 in case you're interested in the red hymnal. Just as I am, what? Without one plea. But, at, but, but that thy blood was shed for me. You see, it's an invitation to you, to me, to the whole world, to the whosoevers of the world to come and to experience life change, true heart change, true life change, true forgiveness of sins. And we come to him just as we are, right where we are, who we are, right then and right there, and say, Lord, forgive me and change me. It's a whosoever invitation. I'm not too low to receive Christ, nor am I too high and mighty to receive him. No one is too unworthy. No one is too unimportant to receive Christ. No one has lived a life too sinful to receive Christ, nor has anyone lived a life too righteously to still not need Christ. Amen? 
Christ demonstrates his love for us this morning. He demonstrates his come as you are so I can change you and and wrap my arms around you in this passage that we're going to look at today. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15. I thought it was fitting today to preach from this passage, seeing that it's a a child dedication day. Then the little children were brought to Jesus that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know this morning when I'm preaching today, I'm going to say a lot about the little children. But everything that I say about the little children today can apply to us. Because he said, unless we come as a little child... Right, And we are his children. We are the little children of God. And we need him like a child needs him. So when I'm preaching this morning and when I'm saying little children, you can insert yourself in there. You can insert your children in there. You can insert your grandchildren in there. What do our children need to come to? I want to hit three points this morning. One is this, come to clarity. Come to clarity. Jesus said, don't. Forbid them. Don't forbid them. Can you imagine this story? Can you imagine Jesus preaching and teaching and blessing and praying and all the things that Jesus was doing? And the parents started to bring their children to him. They wanted the children in on this. But for some reason, the disciples rebuked them. For some reason, the disciples became a barrier to the children coming to Jesus. The very ones who knew Jesus the most, the very ones who should have known the power of the life touch of Jesus, were the very ones who said, no, 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 don't bring them to Jesus. One point to us this morning is this, don't be a barrier. To all of us who have lived for Christ, those of us who are living for Christ now, maybe we're the ones that are at church every single week, but God help us to keep in our hearts that we would never, ever want to become a barrier to someone coming to Christ. Somebody say amen this morning. I never want one of my opinions to keep somebody from Christ. I never want a tradition or a ritual to keep somebody from a true experience or relationship with Christ. Christ. Don't be a barrier to them. Let them come. You see, Jesus is the truth that we seek. Jesus is the truth that our children seek. And don't we have generations of children and young people right now who desperately are looking and searching for the truth? Do you believe that this morning? They are looking and searching and longing and needing the truth, even when they don't really even realize what they're searching for. But they are looking for something authentic and something real. They are trying to find the truth. And when we bring our children to Christ, they encountered the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Encountering Christ brings truth about several key things. Let me tell you. One is this about sin. And salvation. Do you know there are generations of young people, there are children today who don't realize that that we as humanity are living in our sin and we need a savior. That basic fundamental point of the gospel that we are sinners and we need a savior. Many children have not heard that. 
But encountering Christ brings that truth. Encountering Christ brings that personal truth for one who will realize I personally need Jesus Christ. He is the one I am looking for. But it also brings that truth about Christ's redemptive power. It brings that truth to a child to know that yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I am searching. But yes, there is a Savior, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who has died and has risen again to redeem me and to make purpose out of my life and to save my soul. An encounter with Christ will show a child the redemptive power of Christ. They need to know the truth. One famous movie line says this, you can't handle the truth. Brad, you can't handle the truth. He can handle the truth. He's a youth pastor. You can't handle the truth. But guess what this morning? Children can handle the truth. Do you hear your pastor this morning? Children can handle the truth. Aren't you amazed at how intelligent children are these days? I mean, when I was growing up, everybody thought I took the cake. No, I'm just kidding. But aren't you amazed at how children are so intelligent these days? And they can pick up electronics and they can do. Children can handle the truth and they need the truth. And now more than ever, children need clarity. They need clarity. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Come to clarity. They need the clarity of the truth. They need an invitation to Christ and his clarity. They need to see that there is a right and there is a wrong. There is sin, but there is also redemption. Our children need to hear and be taught the teachings of Christ that bring clarity to their lives. So no barriers. No barriers. Let's bring them. Let's bring them the heartbeat of this church. Pastor and Sister Allison have been leading the initiative for a couple of years now as we've been praying as a church for the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of this church and of this community. And I say, let's not stop now. Let's do all we can to remove barriers. Let's do all we can to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to children and to new families and to parents so they can know the clarity that only comes through living for Christ, a personal relationship with him, a call to clarity. Here's my next point is this, come to calling. We can come to clarity, which is truth, but come to calling. Jesus said, don't forbid them, bring them on, let me take them into my arms. He said this, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Such is the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes when we think about the kingdom of heaven, we think about the eternal existence with Christ when he rules and reigns and we live with him forever and, and that kingdom of heaven, and that is true. But can I tell you, when we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior right here and right now, we're already living in his kingdom. We have joined into his kingdom. And he's saying, listen, these little children, I want to bring them as part of what I'm doing right here and right now. You know, I put a birthday cake on. You knew I had to use food somewhere. I put a birthday cake on there because our children need to come to a realization. When I say come to calling, they need to come to a realization that their date of birth means something. Your date of birth means something. It's more than just blowing out candles on a cake. It's more than just eating that wonderful, delicious, 
ice cream cake and my birthday is coming up and I just can't wait for that hint, hint, Emily, ice cream cake. It's more than that. It's more than a date on a calendar. It's more than that wonderful ice cream cake. It's not chance. It's not random. It is God ordained that you, that I, we were born when we were born. And we live now as we live because he put us here. He determined our days on earth. Do you know your children's days on this earth are determined? He determined their birth and their life can mean something. Their lives can count for something. Come to calling. When I come to Christ, for such is the kingdom of heaven. When a child comes to Christ, they realize that, that they were purposed by God. They were planned by God. They have a God calling on their lives. So you know every child has a God calling on their lives. Every young person that is in this building right now, every child and young person and baby that will be here at 11 o'clock, every single one of them have a God calling purpose on their lives. And it is great and it is special and it's significant. And there are too many children today who are wandering around the hallways of our schools or up and down the streets who don't know that they have purpose, they have meaning, that they have a God-assigned life. And it's our job to shine the light on their path and show them. Their lives have meaning. Their lives have purpose. Their lives have potential. Bring the children to Jesus. Let his words define their lives. Too often Hollywood is defining their lives. Too often the government is defining their lives. Too often the voices from social media are defining their lives. But let the words of Jesus define their lives. If you have a young person in your household, pour over them with the words of Jesus, the wonderful words of life. Let his words define them. And let his words direct them. They too can find calling. They too can find purpose. They can find that deep, satisfying fulfillment. There are children, there are teenagers, there are young people, there are young adults who maybe even don't realize it but are searching constantly looking for a fulfillment that is not there and the next big thing maybe takes it for a while but the true fulfillment is not found but when I know Jesus Christ in a deep personal intimate relationship I find the fulfillment and I find the satisfaction that I need and that is the message we have for the children of this church and of this community you can find who you're looking for you can have a deep personal satisfaction down on the inside of fulfillment that only Christ can bring. It carries us through the ups and the downs, doesn't it, of life. I'm not preaching a pie-in-the-sky message this morning. I'm not preaching to say that we come to Christ and the angels sing and life will just be perfect every single day. Do you have a perfect life every single day? Does your tire go flat sometimes? Does your microwave blow up sometimes? Am I the only one that blew up my popcorn in the microwave? That was a long time ago. It's all under the blood now. It's all back in the past. <laughs> I don't have a perfect life. 
I can't promise you that coming to Christ will make everything perfect. But what I can promise you with 100% certainty, that coming to Christ puts a deep fulfillment on the inside that sustains us during the valleys of this life and the high points of this life. It is a joy and a hope that keeps us going. Somebody say amen this morning. Our children need that. Our children long for that. And it's our job to preach it, teach it, train them up, pour it into them, pray it over them. Claim it over them. Speak the word of God. Come to calling. So we come to clarity. We come to truth. We come to calling. We come to our purpose. My my final point is this. Come to compassion. Come to compassion. Think about compassion. I thought since we're talking about children, the best way for me to illustrate compassion is you think of a child. We've all had it in our lives. A little child, maybe they're running too fast or their little shoes were untied and they fall down and they skin their knee or they're or they're riding a, a bicycle or a tricycle do we still have tricycles I haven't seen a tricycle they're riding something with wheels on it and they wreck and they skin their elbows they skin their knees and what do they do they come running to us don't they crying you've had that sobbing Snubbing, I can't say that word, stubbing, stubbing, you know how they do. They come running to us, and what do we do? We put our arms out, don't we? And we wrap them up in our arms, and we do whatever we can do to help them quit crying. We do whatever we can do to calm them and to help them heal and to help them move on and then eventually we wipe the tears off and we, and we pat them on the back and we send them back out or we send them where they're going, right? And, but we've shown compassion on them and I would like to think that that is a picture of what Christ does to us and for us. Sometimes we skin our knees, sometimes we we bruise our elbows, sometimes we fall down, but the compassion of Christ is such that he's always reaching down for us, lifting us up, brushing our tears away, healing our wounds, and sending us back, right? The compassion of Christ. It's the power of touch. The power of touch. The Bible says here that he was blessing the people. He was touching them. The disciples tried to keep them away. But the children needed the touch of Jesus. There's a power to his touch. Way down deep on the inside. The compassionate touch of Christ. Today we see he does the same for us. He does the same for our children. He does the same for those who call Upon him. You know, this world can be cruel. Do you believe that? This world can be a cruel place. This world can be a heartless place. This world can be a sad place. It can be just outright mean place, can it? But I say, bring the children to Jesus. Because he lives, they can face tomorrow. You know, the writers of that song. They worried just like we worry today. We've talked about this in some prior sermons recently. Uh, Bill and Gloria Gaither that wrote that song, they worried, and when they wrote that second verse, how sweet to hold a newborn baby, feel the pride and joy that Christ gives. They wrote that because they worried about the type of world that they were bringing their children into. But it says this child can face uncertain days because Christ lives. 
We've got to remind ourselves that our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, they live here and now because God put them here, and they can make it, they can take it through Christ's help. I know we have concern. I know we have worries. I know we have, but we pray about it. We put them in God's hands, and we, and we speak the word of God, and we believe that just as we can make it, they can make it. Why? Because we have Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And because he lives and because he's compassionate, because he says, bring the children. And when he says, bring the children, he means you and he means me. Bring us all to him. So he can put us in his arms. He can touch us in a very deep and intimate way. So he can heal our brokenness and he can lift us up again. So finally, let's close this morning about talking about Jesus. Jesus. Say that word with me, Jesus. Are you thankful for the Son of God, Jesus Christ? Are you thankful that he came to this world and died on a cross for you? Are you thankful that on the third day he rose again? Are you thankful that he sits at the right hand of the Father today listening? If I could say it very simply, he's listening for your prayers. Said he's interceding to the Father. He's simply, he's listening to our prayer. He loves us. That's Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, our Savior he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Let's look at the truth. He said, don't forbid them to come to me. He said, I want them to know essentially what he was saying. I want them to know my words. I want them to know my teachings. I want them to know my principles. Do you know if we will learn the principles of Christ and read his word and learn it, it will guide us in how to live our lives here on this earth. Let's bring our children to the truth. Let's bring ourselves to the truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. He wants to extend life to us all. Remember he said about the children? He's saying about us, for such is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, I want you to come so I can put you into my kingdom and so you can live this life and live it to the fullness. He said, the, another passage said, the thief comes but to what? Steal Kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There is life for the children of God this morning. There's purpose in our living. And then Jesus is love. Somebody say love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. I might write a song around that line. What the world needs now love, sweet love. Jesus loved the little children. Very, very simple little chorus that you've heard many times, but it fits really well as we close this morning. Jesus loves the little children. You heard that? All the children of the world. All the children of the world. The little children in Ukraine right now that are suffering and hiding, he loves them. The little children in communist China, he loves them. Them, the, the children of America that some have lost their way and they're stray and, and are searching. He loves them. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, you know it, black and white. They are what? Precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. You could follow that up pretty good by saying, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For what the Bible 
tells me so. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to tell you, your pastor wants to tell you this morning that Jesus loves you. You are the little children. I am the little child. Our children, our grandchildren, our great children. He loves us. He loves us so much. He cares for us so much. Would you bow your head this morning and can we pray together today? I want us to pray first that we as individuals would walk in the truth and the love and the purpose, the clarity and the calling and the compassion that Christ has for us. And then I want us to pray for our children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren of this church, of this community. Lord, we pray this morning that us as, as little children would come before you humbly today. That we would come before you not with, with proud looks or with pridefulness in our hearts, not with an attitude of, uh, I can do this myself. But God, we are all little children. We're all little children and we need you. Oh, how we need you. And Lord, I thank you that your arms are wide open for us and your love is extended to us. And you say, come, come to me. Let me touch you. Let me bless you. And so, Lord, as individuals today, would you help us to walk in clarity? As individuals today, Lord, would you help us walk in our calling? As individuals today, would you help us to walk in that compassion of Christ that sustains us, that holds us up, that keeps us up, God? Help us, Lord. Let us look fresh and anew to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, our personal friend and Savior. And Lord, let us serve you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our strength. Let us be reminded of your great love, that compassionate love that picks us up when we fall down, that, that brushes away the tears and that heals the wounds. God, we pray for the children of this church, God, the grandchildren, the generations of this church and of this community. Lord, we continue to pray, Lord, for their salvation. We're praying, God, that not one would be lost. Not one would be lost, but every single one of them, God, would find you and discover your plan for their lives and accept your personal salvation. Every child, every grandchild, Lord, in this community around us, in this church body and this family, Lord, we pray for them. We pray that they would not only find you in a personal relationship, but they would find you in purpose and in meaning and you would raise them up and let their lives count for something for the glory of the kingdom. Do something great in them. Do something great through them. Hear the prayers of this body of believers as, as they are accumulating before you, Lord. And even now you are answering those prayers. And, and we're going to see, Lord, we're going to see as the song says a victory because you fight the battle on their behalf. Bless your people now today. Lord, bless us in your presence. Let us remain in an attitude of prayer and worship and responsiveness to the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. This altar is open if you need prayer today, if you want to come and accept the Lord today, if you need special prayer today. But let's remain in an attitude of prayer and worship as they sing this morning.